So, my man, you finally came to the podcast to bless us. It's, 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 been, a, it's been a minute, but hey, good things are worth the wait, right? Let's see if this is a good thing. <laughs> I, I don't do good things. I only do great things. So, okay, well, great things are worth the wait. So let's make this, <laughs> this podcast great. I got to put my, get my Kanye arrogance on or confidence on. I think that comes natural <laughs> for you. <laughs> let me just set the record clear. Okay. Let me let, just set the record straight, okay? It's not about getting me here. It's I've been trying to be get on this show. Really? I've been trying to get on this podcast, but you have all these guests that inspire. I don't even know how you were able to pull it off. So me even being here, I'm just honored to be nominated. <laughs> you know well, what I'm saying? So so it's, it's good you know, to be here. I will, good to I, will be here. I will receive that. <laughs> <laughs> I will take that. But anyway, thanks for being here. Um, so let's hop right into it. Entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. right? Uh, entrepreneurship is it's who you are. It's it's a part of your everyday life. It's just who you are. But something interesting that you've that you said a lot is that you were kind of forced into being an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and most people choose to be an entrepreneur, but right. you were kind of pushed into it. Talk to me about that story or about how you were kind of forced into being an entrepreneur. Right. So, to me, the um, uh, the definition of an entrepreneur, and there's many definitions, mm-hmm. right? There's probably the classical dictionary definition of an entrepreneur. My definition of entrepreneurship is responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's responsibility. Your ability mm-hmm. to respond to the situation you're in. Wow. Not thinking that someone else is going to respond to your situation, but rather you're going to take responsibility because you have the ability to respond to it. So... Um, my situation was that my parents immigrated from uh, Malawi, Africa, one of the poorest countries in the world. It's on the bottom five. Wow. I mean, as far as GDP, average annual GDP per capita is 500 bucks per per person, per week, per, per year, per year, per year. Wow. You know, 500 dollars per year. So wow. um, they were able to break through abject poverty and bring my sister and I to America. Mm. I was eight years old. My sister was two. Um, I was born in a different country than my parents. I was born in a British colony. Um, May the queen rest in peace. (laughs) But uh, at that time, Zimbabwe was called Rhodesia. They did not put my mother's name on the birth certificate. So when my parents became citizens, I had to wait. I could not become a citizen. I could not fully be documented. So I was an an illegal uh, immigrant in America at an early age while Everyone else in my family was able to get their paperwork right. I couldn't. Yeah. My social security card uh, was stamped not valid for employment. Wow. You know, so I want you to imagine carrying the stigma of you're not valid for employment. Yeah. And every job, like, you know, when you when your friends are starting to get jobs, every job is like, bring your ID, bring your social security card and, you know, another form right. of ID. But they want to see that, right. you know, because it proves that you're allowed right. to work. And I couldn't. My friends are getting jobs at McDonald's. They're getting jobs at Dairy Queen, all these different places, yeah. grocery stores. And I can't get a job. And all I wanted was to work at McDonald's. <laughs> that's all you wanted. Yeah, that's all I wanted. Because right. I, I grew up in the age of when, you remember that commercial, uh, somebody got a job. He yeah, got a job. Yeah, what's, what's the guy's name? The guy's uh, name, you know. I wanted to be that yeah. guy. I couldn't be that guy. So the commercial worked. The commercial worked. <laughs> I wanted to get a job yeah, at McDonald's, yeah. but I couldn't because my Social Security card said not valid for employment. Yeah. So while all my friends are like, you know, getting jobs, I can't work. And they're getting money. They, they're buying Jordans. They're buying shoes. They're buying clothes yeah. and all that kind of stuff. They, they you know, they, they're looking flashy. And I'm here like, I, I got to do something. Now, the thing about growing up in an African household is that African parents don't believe in allowance. <laughs> 
you know, all my friends are like, oh, my parents, what's your allowance, Jonathan? I'm like, allowance? So I go to my dad. I'm like, dad, can I get an allowance? And he's like, I allow you to live in my house. <laughs> I allow you to wear clothes that I buy for you. I allow you to eat my food. That is your allowance. So you what else do you want? Allowance, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I started selling stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I would go buy candy at oh. the store. And on the lunch breaks at school, I'd mark it up and sell it to my friends. I'd buy whatever was, was trending and hot. I'd go and buy it and sell it to my friends. And that's how I was able to start having some pocket change so that I could also be fly like the rest of the fellas and get all the girls, you know? But how did you even get to a point where you knew that you that you can buy low and sell high? Because it's like, that's not like an automatic thought process. Like, where did that come from? Because go to the store, buy candy low, and sell high. Where, where did that process come from? I think it's, again, going back to responsibility. Yeah. Your ability to respond to the situation you're in. Yeah. And make a difference because no one's going to make a difference for you. Right. No one's going to do it for you. So you have the ability to respond to it. And when you are uh, hungry, you have options. Mm-hmm. When you're starving, you you become a raging bull, a lion yeah. that's willing to just do whatever it takes. Yeah. So for me, it was like, all right, I can't sell drugs. Not that I advocate for that. <laughs> but my friends like candy. Yeah. So I looked around and I was like, what do they want? You know, what would be cool for them? And um, I just, I was like, this is a way for me to make an extra buck. Um, not that not that I had a scientific yeah. or process or uh, was even thinking in terms of buy low, sell high. Yeah. It was just like, if I can make something work and create currency. Yeah and serve the people around me and make a little bit of profit for myself right. then I'm then I'm straight right. you know so i don't think that at that early age i had a um a full on understanding of entrepreneurship business and yeah. all that kind yeah. of stuff i just knew that people want something i can go find it yeah. and give it to them and make a little bit of right you know uh there's a little bit of a spread right. in, in between right. what it costs me and what i charge them so how that make you feel um, in comparison to what your friends were doing, McDonald's, Dairy Queen, how that make you feel being able to create money yourself? Were you, did you get to the point where you're making more than them, still making less than them? Like, where were you as far as your, your influence, as far as your, um, your network back then? I think that, like, years? initially it was just like, you know, it was, a, it was like equal, you know? Yeah. And there was a long period of time where I still envied and still wanted, right. I mean, okay. all that. You know, I mean, the my, my dad said something to me um, uh, a few years ago, and, um, and and this this is part of the story. So, one day, my dad is like, um, "We came to this country to get an education, right?" And this is a typical story of almost every African or immigrant. I came to America to go to get to go to the university. Right and get an education so I can go back to my village and build a hospital in my village, right. you know? That's, that's yeah. a typical yeah. story. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, you're gonna come and get educated so yeah. you can, now you're valuable to go right. do something of value wherever you came from or wherever you are. And so one day my dad was like, being in America, I've learned that there's two forms of education. There's education that teaches you how to be an employee to work for mm. someone who's, who's rich. Mm. And then there's an education that um, uh, allows you to follow a blueprint 
of those who employ others. Yeah. So in high school, uh, I'm getting in trouble. I'm going through identity crisis. I'm going through all kinds of things. I'm like, you know, who am I? Yeah. How do I fit in, in in this culture? You know, what's my how am I going to be significant in this in the society? And my father was like, you need to read books. Hmm. You know, so my dad started feeding me books from Jay Abraham. Didn't understand what that yeah. was. You know, Jay Abraham and uh, you know Stephen Covey and all all these people who are wow. in the business space. And so I started saturating myself in that he would make me say, you got to read this book, you got to read this book, you got to read this book. This uh, is in high school. This is in high school. Okay. Um, makes me get a subscription to Success Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. Wow. Okay. So I actually have the first, one of the first wow. um, uh, magazines that had, that featured Jeff Bezos when he started Amazon back in the, in the 90s. Can I have that? No, you can't have that. You okay. can, you, I can sell it to you, though, okay. for about $1.8 million. <laughs> right, it's probably worth that. You know, um, uh, I can forge a signature on it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'm, like, reading these stories, and they start inspiring me in a yeah. different way. And so by the time I get to graduation, high school graduation, I'm like, I want to own my own company. I want to run my own thing. Wow. You know, um, and so that's where I was at. But... I'm still in the context of uh, a household that is still thinking traditionally a little bit, mm. even though what's gotten them where they are out of abject poverty in the hills of northern Malawi to America to, to you know, being educated at top institutions, yeah. uh, it, it took a little bit of entrepreneurial grit for them, for him, yeah. my dad, yeah. and, and, you know. Um, even though he, he did not identify it as, as such, it was just the pursuit of getting an education. Wow. But his pursuit of getting an education required entrepreneurship, you know. Right, so my yeah. pops would be like, in you know, the way he came to America was, the way that he got to the United States was, he went to Sweden first yeah. to go sell books door yeah. to door, to raise money right. to get him to America so he can go to school right. to be educated. Wow. So yeah. all the activities that got him to ascend yeah. were sales, entrepreneurship, and risk-taking. Right. Not anything that they teach you in school. Right. So that clicked in his mind, and he's like, the, the reason why I've been able to do this is not because of a textbook. Yeah. It's because of other type of learning. Wow. You know? So, and I can't remember the question anymore, but, like, um, uh, we, I got to a space where I started saturating myself with other forms of learning, other mm -hmm. forms of education, watching how the, uh, the, 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 the captains of industry, you know, made it. Yeah. Started reading books like Think and Grow Rich uh, by Napoleon Hill, um, Reginald uh, Lewis, yeah. um, TLC Beatrice. I remember when that book came out, Im immediately I, I, was, I got the, you know, the day it was released, I got the, the copy of um, Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun? <laughs> And, you know, Reginald, Reginald Lewis is, is iconic because he was, I, I consider him the first black billionaire, yeah. you know, uh, or one who controlled a billion dollar company. Yeah. And reading books like him and how he did it just started inspiring. Like, you know what? Guys like me get to play too, yeah. you know? Facts. And um, that made me think bigger, think wider mm -hmm. than, than anything I got from school. So... I graduated from high school, and I'm like, I'm 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 doing this. I'm going. I'm following this path. So after high school, what was your what was your first step? Like, what business did you go into after high school? So after high school, I um, <clears throat> uh, 
again, you've graduated from high school. Now, I'm still an illegal immigrant. Right. Okay? So that possesses two, several, several um, uh, complications. I can't get a Pell Grant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't get student loans. True. My, we ain't got money saved for college. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So my folks are like, you have to go to school. Mm. You know? And I'm like, okay, I got to figure out a way to, to get myself into school. So they're like, figure it out. Let me understand something real quick. <clears throat> so as a legal, legal immigrant, you can go to school in America. You can go to high school and college and start your own business, but you can't get a job. Is that accurate? Because mm-hmm. you went to high school. I went to high school, college. but college becomes different. Okay. College is a little different. There, it's you know, it's a financial situation. Okay. Okay. You can go to school for free in, in high school, yeah. you know? True. Um, and my, my parents, you know, another side note there, my parents sent me to private school. They, they worked three jobs, four jobs. They did whatever they, they could to send me to private school. Wow. I, was, I was a poor kid in pri- private school, wow. you know? Um, and so, because they wanted me to, to get the best possible option right. Available in America, right. so they did. They did what whatever they, it, it, it would take to get me there. Um, but now I've graduated, thank God, and I've got to figure it out. So I'm looking the classifieds, like what job looks as if they ain't gonna ask too many right. questions, you know? And I see an ad, and it says make four thousand dollars a month. Promotions. Doing promotions. I remember, I remember those ads. Do you remember those ads, <laughs> remember those right? Ads, yep, yep. So I'm, I circle that ad. I'm like, well, check this out. And I go, um, uh, and there's this big, you know, conference room, and there's several of us in there. I'm dressed to the nines. I got my suit on, whatever. Everyone there is way older than me. Mm-hmm. And this brother named Bobby Mitchell, Bobby Mitchell, is in the front, and uh, he gets out there. You know, I'm like, number one. At that point, I had never seen. The black man that sharp. <laughs> like right. his suit was just fire. Bobby was sharp, right? Okay. Oh my Bobby gosh. Bobby Mitchell. I was like, who is this dude? Yeah. You know? And um uh he gets up there, he shares the, he does the presentation, it's selling water filters. It's an MLM company. Um and I'm like, I don't wanna do no MLM, whatever, but I'm impressed with Bobby. Yeah. And so Bobby says something to me, he says, When's the last time you had a self made millionaire take you by the hand and say, I'm gonna mm-hmm. show you how I did this? And so I'm like, whatever it is that you're doing, I want to do it. Right. Now, um, I may come off as outgoing. I may come off as like you know, outspoken and all that. But at that time, I was still very shy and in yeah. in a shell. I'm, a, I'm very much an introvert. I cannot picture that you being shy back then. I'm 100% <laughs> shy. And so Bobby goes, "You're too reserved. I want you. Your assignment. Your first assignment is go to the mall." And smile at people, and you win, and you can stop when you get a hundred people to smile back at you. Hmm. So I'm here at the mall all day, just hey, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He says you got to you got to learn connection, how to connect yeah. with people. Yeah. So that's what I did, and then you know after about a week of doing that, I'm like, and my parents are like, did you get a job? I'm like, yeah, I'm working for Bobby Mitchell. Right. He's he's a black man who's a millionaire. He's, he's making so much money. Real quick, mm-hmm. you still do that. When I'm out with you, you mm-hmm. you smile at people like off the, off the rip. I'm like, why do you smile at this person? You, you will walk past somebody and just smile, like because right, because that's just what he ingrained in you. Yeah. Okay. Create but, connection. Yeah. You know, because if you can create connection, you will then create an opportunity 
yeah. for value to be exchanged, yeah. which will lead to profitability for both parties. Yeah, but it that. starts with connection. Right. Um, so I do that for a week. My parents are like, where's your paycheck? Where's your payday? <laughs> I'm like, I'm working with Bobby Mitchell. They're like, this is not a job. This man is taking advantage of you. So I go back to Bobby. Bobby's like, um, I'm flying out to, I think it was Reno, Nevada for a conference. And so he looks at his staff. He's like, you know, you, you get the plane tickets for everybody. And then he looks at me and says, um, I'm not paying your way. I'm not paying for you. You got to figure out your hotel. You got to figure out your flight. Mm. Um, but I will not work with you unless you're there. Wow. And I'm like, yo, I, I, don't, I don't have the money. My parents, I, I don't know. He says, yeah, the only thing that, that, that there's a lack of is, is resourceful. It, it, there's, no, there's no lack of, of resources. It's only a lack of resourcefulness. Wow. And first time I heard that, he's like, get resourceful. Do you have 100 friends who can lend you $20? Go borrow 20 bucks from 100 friends. Do you have 10 friends who can lend you $200? Go borrow. And I'm like, who, who do I know? Who do I know? So I go to my parents, and they're like, there's no way you're going with this man. And I'm like. <laughs> they said that real. Yeah, they're like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, okay, do I want my parents' results, which are, are honorable. Right. They're great results. Yes. Or do I want to get Bobby Mitchell's results? Right. So I figured it out. You know, I, uh, within 24 hours, I had the money. I, had, I, I raised three grand. In 24 hours? In 24 hours to um, uh, wow. get on that flight with, 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 with him and uh, go to that conference. And it was life-changing because I was exposed to people who were even living larger lives than he was. Yeah. And uh, it's like a, somebody said that once your mind expands, it can never shrink back right. to its original position. It right. just, it's there. Right. You've like increased the capacity of, of, of what you can now um, uh, receive in your container, yeah. in your vessel of, of, of life. And um, worked with Bobby for <clears throat> about a year and eventually we transitioned and the, the, you know, the business shifted and all that kind of stuff. But that year, year and a half was monumental in learning sales at a higher level, yeah. learning entrepreneurship, risk taking, connecting with people how the process of, you know, taking a stranger to um, uh, becoming a customer, to becoming yeah. a friend, to becoming an evangelist for your product and your brand, mm -hmm. all that learning took place in that 18 months that I was working with Bobby, following him around. Wow. You know, so, um, can't, get, can't get into, co still college <coughs> is still a priority. Yeah. But by then I'm like, okay, how do I make college work? Mm. And I made college work by um, basically starting a, a musical band that I went to the school and said, hey, my band is going to represent the school, but we need to make, to, we need to uh, press a CD. And we did a little showcase and said, this is our music, and we're going to make a CD. Can you guys pay for the, for, for the recording <laughs> and the pressing of, you know, 5,000 CDs so we can sell them? Resourcefulness. Right. And guess what happened? They did it. The vice president of the school is like, here's the check. Go do it. And so I set up a situation where not only did they pay for our recording, um, but they also paid us for every performance that we made, that we did, as long as we mentioned the school. <laughs> so every guy, so all these college guys who are like, you know, struggling, broke college kids, yeah, right, yeah. are getting paid Wow. to do something that they love, that, right. that they like, you know, and uh, ended up selling almost 30,000 records on our own.
you know, uh, I mean, got approached got approached by a record label to sign a, a record deal, and when I did the numbers, I was like, I've made more money independently than yeah. I'll make if I went gold, yeah. being signed to your label. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I was like, no thanks, I'm good, and um, that's a whole nother story. Yeah, but the, it, the, it, it takes a high level of thinking j- j- just to because. People see record deal. They see fame. They see fortune. I mean, they see they see just being out there in the limelight. But you looked at the numbers and how old were you back then? I was, you know, twenty one, twenty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's just amazing. Like I mean, because that came from Bobby's influence, right? You guys still talk? Man, I finally found him on on Facebook. You did. Okay. We've exchanged some conversations here and there. Okay. And um, uh, I'm waiting for the right moment the right moment to like um to really really honor him and <laughs> show him how much he, he has impacted my yeah, life yeah you know yeah. and um uh he's not far he's not far from here so yeah. it's gonna yeah, happen yeah and I'll, I'll say maybe nine ten conversations that that you share when you're speaking you bring up bobby and and it's obviously because he's impacting you so much from bobby to music so what was your next step after after the, the the label, the music, the thirty thousand. Yeah, after that, um, I started a and I had other little businesses there. You know, um, I had a friend who worked at Papa. Do not sue me, Papa John's. <laughs> I had a friend who worked at Papa John's Pizza, and um, somehow got him to give me his employee discount. You know, so basically, in all the college dormitories. Um, uh, would be selling you're pizza. Kidding, and I had a, like a chain, a pizza chain at the college. <laughs> you know, we were buying it at the employee discount rate, and then selling pizzas. I've never heard know. before. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was it was pretty wild. So like you know, I'm making money there. You know, <laughs> making wow. money this way. It was it was it was, it was fun times, and um, this but is, this is all you know. I mean, this is really like entrepreneurship is all that you know. Right. I mean, yeah. Well. Right. And, and I mean, like the reason why, why would I, why would I be selling pizza yeah. in, co- in college dorm, yeah. dormitories? Yeah. yeah. Because I was selling candy at lunchrooms. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like I saw a need. These guys come from study breaks or whatever, and they're hungry. They're hungry. You know, they don't want to wait for Papa John's to deliver. It's already here. Let me ask you: Did you sell by slice or by 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 the whole thing? It depends. What are you willing to pay? <laughs> We have a deal for everyone. For everyone, right? For everyone. Okay. okay. We have a deal for everyone. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, it was a good time, man. And um, eventually, my first big venture was uh, during that time, I um, um, got exposed to um, a company called Wireless Source, which was a direct marketing company that sold cell phones. Yeah. Uh, business to business. And... Um, during a summer break in college, I, I went to Denver. That's where I, I, I got, you know, uh, acquainted with them and was able to, to develop relationships with their vendors. And um, went back to Nebraska where I, where I went to college and called the vendors that I met. I was like, hey, again, um, the, the thing about faith and, and belief is that it's all made up. It's all made up. It's all made up. Unpack that, please. Uh, what you believe is something <clears throat> you made up. Okay. You know. Okay. And there's a whole lot more around yeah, that, but yeah. we, we don't have time to, like, you know, yeah. unpack it all. But 
I called him up in faith, in belief mm -hmm. of what I was going to do. Makes sense. Okay? Yeah. I did not have an office space. I did not have um, all the systems in place to get the contracts. Right. But I called them up and I was like, I could, I, I could speak the language. Mm -hmm. I, knew the, I knew the numbers and the benchmarks that they were looking for. And I said, we can do it. And so I was able to get contracts with AT&T and, and, and different, you know, wireless carriers, even though I didn't have anything. Yeah. But once I had the contract, yeah. I went and I created the space right. to fulfill on that contract. Um, sometimes believing in yourself feels a whole lot like lying to yourself. Really? Okay. And that's the, that's the part where you got to overcome because generally speaking, if you are trying to do something that is larger and above you and bigger than you, you can either listen to the voice that says, you're not there yet, right. or you can listen to the voice that says, it's gonna happen and you are doing yeah. it. Yeah. And you're capable of it. Yeah. So I created that space of like, I don't have an office, I don't have all, all these things, yeah. and yet I'm gonna get this contract because I'm gonna go and make it happen. So I get the contracts, and I look at my college roommate, I'm like, hey, do you need a job? I've got a job for you. And so right there in the dorm room, I've got one sales rep who's making cold calls wow. in the dorm room, <laughs> you know? And that's how it started. It started in the dorm room, and then within a couple of weeks, I um, secured a lease across the street from the college. The couple of weeks, wow. yeah. And um, got some phone lines in, um, small little office, um, business grew. Um, three months later, I had a 5,000 square foot office um, and that grew to 100 employees. Wow. Um, and I was young. I was making all kinds of money. I thought I was a rapper. <laughs> you thought you was a rapper? I thought I was a rapper. Or <laughs> I mean, so, so here's the thing about it, right? Um, spiritually and, and energetically if you don't have a blueprint or you're not coming from a place of wealth and 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 um, understanding that mm -hmm. money will come into your hands but when you don't understand how money fully works mm -hmm. um, money will leave your hands right you won't know how to how to turn paper into actual assets right and so the reason why I said I felt like I was a rapper is Man. because I got cash. And so all that means is that we got enough, we've got a budget for it to ball on, you know. So we're going to the clubs. We're, we're, we're flying to yeah. Vegas. Yeah. We're, we're partying. We're, yeah. we're, go, we're, we're buying out the bar. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because in your mind, it's not going to end. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And right. so um, my early entrepreneurial life was one of where, Lots of cash coming in, yeah. but lots of cash going out. Isn't that also scripture, scriptural when it uh, talks about unrighteous wealth gets burnt up? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah, that, it. It happens. Yeah. Um, and I'll say this because um, um, spiritually, money is not the same thing as wealth. Okay. Money comes from wealth okay. as a result of wealth, but wealth is a mindset. Wow. It's a spiritual position. It's like, it's... It's internal, it's immaterial, you know. Yeah. 
And so when you show up wealthy, money follows, assets follow, all the physical things that represent wealth will follow, but you have to be wealthy on the inside. How do you show up wealthy? Um, that's a lifetime of, of, of growing into that because every single person is at a different level of understanding what, how wealth works. Right. You know, you could be worth $5 million, $10 million, but still be in a poverty mindset. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people who have money are broke people who, who have cash. Right. So in, in this phase of life right now, my season of life right now, I'm in a season of like really, really being in a space of uh, understanding that my wealth is not, is not a construct of anything physical, right. but rather it is a spiritual positioning of who I am in terms of my relationship to my creator. Right. And so therefore, every single person who has a relationship with their creator is a trust fund baby. Hmm. Um, uh, your, your daddy, God, yeah. owns everything. Yeah. And yeah. if you show up like you own everything, my, you don't understand who I'm connected to. Yeah, yeah, I love it. You yeah. know, yeah. when you get into that space like, <clears throat> this is who I'm connected to? Yeah. Yeah, give me that. Right. Why? It already belongs to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so it, it becomes, you, you won't go through those, the same cycles of yeah. like, you know, feast and famine yeah. as yeah. much. I want to hop back real quick. Um, you mentioned how when you got your contracts, you called AT&T or whatever it was, and you acted as already if you, if you had the infrastructure, right, the systems, right? Um, and even though you knew that you didn't have them, I think most people would let, let that talk them out of moving forward. Right, mm -hmm. and I say that a lot. Well, I don't have the building, I don't have the phones, I don't have the whatever, right? But you looked past that, mm -hmm. right? How'd that work for you? I mean, what gave you, it, it seemed to me that it was more courage than fear, right? Was there fear? If there was, how did you manage to, to, to have more courage than fear at that time? I don't think that um, you can have courage without fear. Okay. Fear has to be there presently in order for courage to exist. Right. So it's not a matter of like having more courage than fear, but rather recognizing that which you're fearful of mm. and creating courage <clears throat> out of it. Right. So, you know, folks who are like, I'm not scared. Yeah. If you're not scared, that means also means you're not courageous. Right. You're you're a punk. <laughs> you're a pansy. You're not you're not you're not there yet. Yeah. You know, um uh the folks I know <clears throat> That I that I surround myself with are constantly in a state yeah. of like there's something that is terrifying right. on their tails, right. and that's why they're running. That's why they're creating something. Right. You know, right. you you got to have fear, you be in a position of being uncomfortable in order to create anything. Right. Wow. You know. So um, another thing I'll say is this: that like a lot of creativity, if you look at the the development of a child or a person. Person's very creative when they're, you know, from toddler to a certain age, yeah. like, you know, probably the age of 9, 12. Creative as, like, as hell, just super creative, right? Mm -hmm. And it's because they play a game called make-believe. And you cannot argue with a five-year-old <laughs> that that which he's thinking is not yeah. true. Yeah. You almost have to play, like, okay, let's play along, you know. Yeah. The doll is talking, and yeah. it's flying, and it's doing all these things, you yeah. know. Um... As adults, we get into a space where we don't, we no longer want to do make believe. Right. And when you no longer play make believe as an adult, you cease from being a, a creator. Yeah. 
That's, that's, that's so good. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, make-believe is literally what makes every innovation that we, the microphone we're yeah. using, the apps that we're using, yeah. started off as a make-believe right. idea. It was an imagination. Right. So um, the whole thing about I don't have this, I don't have that. Yeah. Let's make-believe I do have it. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Let's let's make believe that I do have yeah. it. Because if you can play make believe with it, everything yeah. that you have in life came out of a, of a belief. The yeah. chair I'm sitting on was a make believe for somebody. Yeah. What if we had something that we could set our asses on? Right. And, and it would be comfortable yeah. Yeah. as opposed to sitting on the on the ground. Yeah. That doesn't exist. It existed in somebody's mind. Right. And so if it can exist in your mind, you can then produce it physically and manifest it. Wow. You know, so um, make believe. It was it was a game of make believe. I don't have it is reality. Yeah. But in in the, see, so there's a difference between what is reality and what is truth. Okay. What's the difference? Um. Realistically, I'm not supposed to be sitting here talking to you. Right. You know, my my folks, my parents just got back from Africa uh, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. And they told me that every one of my childhood friends is dead. Every That's... one of my childhood friends. All the guys that I remember names of when I lived in Africa, all those guys are dead. Wow. You know, my dad was like, yeah, all your friends are dead. Um, and then my dad said that he, he told me how he drove up to the elementary school that he went to in his village. And all the kids from the school, when he drove up in a, in a, in a car, ran out of the classrooms to go see this car. And, and so I want you to like get that into yeah. your mind wow. because not that many cars go there. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So for them to see a car pull up in their village at their school, it's a big deal. They, they, they cancel class. Kids, there's a car outside. Go and check it out. Wow. You know, so they all run out. And my dad's like, my mom was like, your dad broke down and started crying. Yeah. And she's like, I, I could not understand why he was crying. She came from a different village in different economic status. But my dad broke down crying because these kids ran up and all he saw was barefoot kids mm. that looked just like, he's like, that was me. Mm. That was me. And in his generation of his classmates, you can go 20 years above him and 20 years below him. He's the only one that did what he did. Are you serious? There's no one else who's been able to do wow. what he did. Wow. Okay? So he's like, son, I, I looked at those kids and I broke down because all I could think was, what is it that caused me to be plucked out of that abject poverty? Hmm. You know, the man did not own shoes till he was 20-something. Your dad? My dad. Wow. Did not own a pair of shoes till he was in his 20s. He's like, what is it that, that I'm... Uh, would pluck me out of that. Hmm. The only thing that could that could allow him to transcend and and rise above that station of life is make believe. Wow. Let's make believe that I'm going to America one day. Wow. Everyone else is like, it's not possible for you to go to America. Wow. You've never seen a dollar in your life. You've never seen anything. You've never you've never seen an airplane. How are you gonna get there? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's the power of imagination of like, you know what? You may say that it's, that's reality. Yeah. But my truth is based on my imagination yeah. of what I'm believing. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, and, and these are concepts that some people are like, oh, that's hocus pocus, that's yeah. whatever. But there's nothing, there's no technology, there's no uh, solution, there's no... There's no Instacart without make-believe. There's no Amazon without make-believe. There's no Uber without make-believe. One of my cousins hit me up the other day. He said he's starting a service called Parker. For people who can't parallel park, you just hit an app and someone will show up and like parallel park for you. I'm like, I'll invest in that. It's a great, I mean, it's a dumb idea. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it might be a great idea for some people, right? But, but it's <laughs> make-believe. It's, it's make-believe, make believe, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, there's somebody who laughed at Uber. Yeah. Why would there? Why would people really trust a stranger to drive them around when Gary you've got v, taxis? Gary Vee did. Right. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't invest. He's one of the first. He said, "Nope, I'm not doing Uber." Yeah. But he regrets to this day. But it's crazy. Right. It's crazy. You yeah. know, there was reality. Yeah. But there was somebody who had a truth that was based on the imagination that yeah. came from their belief. Wow. You know. Wow. So yeah. you mentioned that the other day. You said uh, Disney never stopped. Playing make believe. Steve Jobs never stopped playing yeah. make believe. Yeah. Disney never stopped playing make believe. Yeah. Um, there's, <laughs> w- what do we spend our time on the weekends or at night doing? Watching actors yeah. play make believe. Yep. Denzel, yep. all he does is play make believe, and it inspires. It. Yeah. Will Smith plays make believe. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? One day is going to be Muhammad Ali. Next day is going to be Venus Serena's dad. Make believe. Wow. wow. You know, and it inspires you. You know, because uh, belief is what speaks to the heart. Yeah. Reality speaks to your mind. Wow. And when reality speaks to your mind, it comes up with every reason why it can't work. Inspiration always yeah. hits you here, yeah. and it hits your belief, and it's like, it's like, oh, I want to do this, and your mind gets involved because you're looking at reality. Yeah. So... So how does one start to, 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 to separate, I mean, because the, the, the mind's here and the heart's here, but somehow they're connected, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a way to, how do we start get back to playing make-believe? You know, for everybody, that's going to be a different solution. Right. But for me, I, I'm a very elementary dude. I'm very simple. Um, and I say this all the time. Your mind is like a dog looking for a place to pee. Okay? Okay. If you ever walked a dog somewhere, right? It's, it's, it's always like yeah, sniffing, yeah. looking for a place to pee. Yeah. And you could be in your neighbor's lawn, and you see your neighbor looking out the window, <laughs> and your dog's trying to pee on your neighbor's lawn. You'd yank the chain yeah. like, yo, you can't yeah. pee there. Yeah. Can't pee there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or it might be on your carpet. Oh, you can't pee there. Right. You got to do that with your mind. Don't let your <laughs> mind pee in places. <laughs> it shouldn't be. It It should not be dwelling. Yeah. So when your mind starts veering off into the space of like, it's impossible, I tell my mind, you can't pee there. Huh. I yank that chain yeah. and I put it back into a space of inspiration. Wow. Okay. You know, it can't be. That's not a lawn yeah. that we that, that's going to like, you know, that, that's not soil where we can plant a seed and we'll, we'll grow something fruitful in. Yeah. So... Can't go there. Let's go to a good soil. Yeah. This is where we're going to mark our territory. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. You um, <clears throat> told a story also about um, your young son. You guys were playing checkers. And he created that. So tell a story. Oh, man. <laughs> this dude. My kids are, like, teaching me so much more about everything, really. Like, I'm, like, reorganizing how I think yeah. about life. Yeah. Because when you, see, when you watch life from the lens of a child, it's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. They see something different. They they pick up on, on different things. So, my son my son learned to play checkers, and he's my he's my third born. So he's always competing with my firstborn, who's you know f- about 
three years older than him and um, wanting to compete at, at his level. Yeah, yeah. So they're le learning checkers and he, he's smart, so he's sharp. He learned how to play checkers. So, and out here, like, you know, like, oh, Jazz knows how to play checkers. Yeah. He's really good. He's really good. Yeah. He's really good. I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, how good, how good can a five-year-old, right. four-year-old be at checkers? So one day he's like, Daddy, play checkers with me. So I'm like, all right, let's play checkers. Daddy and son time. Let's play checkers. In my mind, I'm like, I'm going to be easy on him. I'm going to let him win, yeah. etc. So we're playing, and I'm watching him. I'm like, this dude has strategy. He's, like, making moves. He's like, yeah. he knows his way around the board. I'm like, okay. Next round, yeah. I'm going to give him some 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 competition. I'm going right. to give him a little bit of a challenge, and so I start playing. And so, um, uh, after a few moves, he looks up at me, and I can see it in his eyes that something shifted. He's like, "Oh, Daddy's really really playing right now. Like he's got some some moves. Yeah. He's got some strategy." Yeah. So my son starts breaking the rules. Yeah, and he's like, "I'm deciding to jump you over here." Yeah. And I'm like, that's not how the game works. And he looked up to him and he goes, but daddy, I'm playing in creator mode now and I'm the creator of the game. Wow. And I'm like, there was a part of me that was like, oh, let me reprimand him. Really? And okay. Yeah, yeah. There was a part of me that wanted to reprimand him and say, no, the rules go like this. Yeah. The rules go like yeah. this. And I had to say, nope, brain, do not pee there yeah. because right now he is exploring creativity yeah. and possibility and all. Yeah. I mean... He's going to learn the rules. There's many constructs around the world, and even me, I'm going to show him rules. Right. But in this space of play, let's play. Right. And let's see how curious he can get. Yeah. And the game became uber fun. He created a whole new game of checkers, right. a whole new style of checkers based on him being allowed to unleash his creativity because he was in creator mode. Playing make-believe. Yeah, playing make-believe. I love it. You know? Uh, another another time he was um uh jazz and my my youngest justice were were playing and um and this is very crucial to anyone who wants to be a viable voice and a creator um uh in their own space um it's it, so so let me tell you what happens they're playing a game and my youngest justice does not want to share with jazz and so my daughter comes in as the mediator and says to Justice, Justice, don't you love your brother Jazz? You should share. If you love him, you share with the people that you love. And my youngest, two-year-old, three-year-old, he was three at the time, he goes, I only love me. <laughs> I don't need to like everyone. I only love me. And I was like, uh-oh, um, I need to correct this. And then somebody said, no, 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 hold up, hold up. That is a child establishing his boundary. Mm. Wow. Establishing his ownership. Yeah. Establishing the fact that he loves himself. Wow. You know, um, as adults, we negotiate against ourselves over and over again. We'll take dead-end jobs. We'll be stuck in careers. We'll be stuck in, in, in all kinds of things because we simply will not create a boundary and say, no, this is mine. And, and we'll, 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 we will negotiate our love for ourselves in order to allow others have a false sense of love. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, 
I had to, I went and sat down with them. I was like, okay, let's talk about love, guys. It's true. It's good to love yourself. Yeah. You need to love yourself. And so I, I said to Justice, I was like, Justice, so you love yourself? He's like, yes, I love myself. I, I only love me. <laughs> I'm like, well, the reason why you, now take the same amount of love that you have for yourself and give it as a gift to other people. Mm. Wow. I was like, can you love justice the way that you love yourself? Yeah. And he said, yes, I can love justice the way I love myself. And I was like, so how would you love justice how you love yourself? And he was like, I'll let him play with my toys. Yeah. And that's when he says, here, you can play with it. Wow. You know? Wow. It was like he had to own his yeah. boundary yeah. and own his love. Yeah. You know? Um, responsibility. Yeah. My ability to respond because I love me. Yeah. And if I can value me, I can create value for other people. Wow. Shit. Come on. Come on. All right. So let's talk about creating value for other people, mm -hmm. right? Um, no, I'm going to try to jog your memory here a little bit. Um, <clears throat> a while back, you talked about the power of networking, mm -hmm. the power of connecting, but, but you said that people network in the wrong way, yeah. right? Remember that? Vaguely, but okay. yeah. A lot, a lot of folks, you know, you go, you meet people, right? And let's say um, you run a business, yeah. you know, and I'm an aspiring business owner, right? Right. Most folks will come into that space and be like, you know, um, man, you, 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 have got a, a, um, a, a apparel brand. You've got yeah. um, a coaching. You've got real estate. You've got all yeah. these things happening in your life. You know, you, you're entrepreneur and I, I really respect and admire you and all that and then they'll and then instead of being curious about what they're doing they go into their story mm. they go into their story and be like um i'm doing this and i got this going on i got this going on and i can do this i can do this i can do this yeah. and when you're dealing with someone who's at a um different level of success or achievement than you are and their bandwidth is at a different level. It's a different different frequency. Yeah. It's a turnoff. Yeah. I don't want to hear about your your graphic design. Yeah. You know your Canva <laughs> art. You know I'm not yeah. interested. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, you you need to understand that people are interested in themselves. Right. You know. Right. So another little trick of, of of networking, whenever people make introductions to each other, most people are listening for their own name. That's why you forget the other person's name. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, I'm I'm Jonathan. Yeah. You want them to know you. Yeah. And so you're like, I'm Jonathan. Jonathan Belima. Yeah. You know? And then they'll say, I'm I'm Anthony Ru Rudolph. Yeah. But you're thinking about yourself. Yeah. So um what I a, a trick that I do for myself is that I will make sure that I say my name softer. Okay? Mm -hmm. Or not necessarily softer, but like I I, I I need to know that it's not about my name right now. So softer than, than they're speaking. No, no, just the my um, my uh, approach to it is that I need to know Anthony. Okay. You know, so it's Anthony. Good to meet you, Anthony. Anthony, where are you from, Anthony? Yeah. And I say their name over and over again. Uh, right. Right. Okay. Because now when I when I say their name over and over again, my memory is knowing them, yeah. and I'm associating. Anthony from Ohio, Anthony yeah. from Inglewood, Anthony yeah. from, you know, yeah. Anthony who played basketball, Anthony, yeah. you know, and so now I know you. 
Right. Right? Whereas in a networking situation, you're just like, I'm Jonathan, I'm from Michigan, I'm from Africa, I'm from this place. Yeah. You're interested in your story. Yeah. And then you're interested in your achievements you're yeah. in, and you want to tell your story. Yeah. But when you become curious about who they are, where they're from, what they're doing, yeah. um, and curious about what's the challenging thing in your business right now and yeah. how are you solving it. Yeah. That person's like, oh man, you know, the other day they'll, they'll start telling their story, blah, 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 yeah. and then follow up with a question of like, okay, so um, I'll give you a trick. I'll give you a trick. This is um, uh, phenomenal. <laughs> I, I, this, this works in getting deals. It also works in getting phone numbers from girls. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, just r- role play with me, okay. right? Um, where are you from, Anthony? Uh, Ohio. You're from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Wow, Ohio. Ohio is a great place. Most people at that point, pause, most people at that point will go with another question. Mm, okay. You know, like, um, uh, what do you what do you do for a living? Gotcha. Right? Yeah. I do da-da-da-da. Okay. And, uh, and then they go to another question. Yeah. So instead of doing that, this is what you do. Anthony, where are you from? From Ohio. You're from Ohio. Wow. How long you lived there? Uh, about 20 years. Let me ask you a question. If I was to go to Ohio <laughs> right. right now and you were my tour guide, what would be the first place you'd take me to? Uh, Cleveland Heights. Mm-hmm. Take you there. Uh, they'll probably take you by... Um, What's so special about Cleveland Heights? Historical. A lot of black people live there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's where a lot of wealth is built. In, in Cleveland, so I want to show you that so to inspire you. Man, I, I really love that because one of the things that I'm very interested in is the upliftment of the black community when it comes to financial literacy. And so I, I'm irrationally passionate about that and I've been reading a lot around that. And so you said Cleveland Heights? Yeah. Wow, did, did you actually grow up in Cleveland Heights? I did or? not, I did not. I wanted to, mm-hmm. I was inspired by Cleveland Heights but never, never, never got there. What stopped you from getting there? Uh, I think it was uh, mindset. It was my, my income level. Mm. You know, I, 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 actually, I moved. My mom took me out of Cleveland and moved to California. Right. When, when, when was that? Uh, about 10 years old. Yeah. So, so we can pause right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Already the conversation yeah. has gone from yeah. something hard. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. no longer an interrogation. Yeah. I'm now in conversational yeah, mode. Yeah. I'm like... And then even you, you're, you're, I've, I've poked at a curiosity yeah. of yours. You, you, yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so <clears throat> that's my networking process. Right. It's like, um, uh, ask the question, follow it back with something that rela- that you can relate to. Right. Like, you know, if I was to be in that realm with you, right. how would you right. bring me in along in, in, in your journey? So right. now I've already, you've brought me into your story. Right. Right. And now our stories are, are like merging along the way. It's a mini masterclass right there. Yeah, I mean, it's um, uh, there's more to it. Yeah, but, of course. Um, you have to buy my class. Okay. <laughs> buy my well, course. Well, we will. Okay. Um, one thing that, that, that I, um, I've learned about you over the years is that <clears throat> you love people. You love exposing people to, to amazing things. Um, and just just what's happened in in our group with with. Uh, our core has been, it's been inspiring, right? Where that love for people come from, and why you love people so much that that you like you actually give the shirt off your back to somebody because you, in a sense, have, right? 
Yeah. Um, my love for people, <clears throat> my love-hate relationship with people <laughs> is that I understand that, um, uh, and this is, this is more of a spiritual thing for me, the only currency that gets exchanged into eternity is people. Yeah. Um, I give this example. One, one, I was traveling to the Middle East. I went to Jordan. And when I, when I got to Jordan, um, I had U.S. dollars. Mm. Um, and I had my credit card, debit cards. For some reason, the banks thought there was fraud going on because I'm in a foreign country. Mm. And I could not use my, my cards. So here I am in Amman, Jordan, and I can't use my cards. No matter how much money I've got on that card, yeah. it's useless right. in that dimension, in that realm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I'm at a store. I'm like, here's my, let me pull out some money, my dollars. And they look at it. They're like, that money doesn't work here. Of course, right. they were willing to make it. Yeah. But, but the principle is that that money doesn't work there. Mm -hmm. In order for me to function and to have my needs met in that environment, in that context, I had to transfer my assets that are U.S. based into Jordanian right. assets. Right. Um, so I went and exchanged U.S. dollars for their um, uh, currency, and that's what made me able to, like, you know, have a good time during my yeah. time there. So all of us on this planet have a destination point. This is just a case study. Yeah. This is just us. No matter how much money you make on this planet, yeah. it's minimum wage compared to where you're going to. Mm -hmm. So, um, use this this dollar that will not be worth a dollar next year because right. of inflation. Right. We know that everything that we have is, you buy a car off the lot, it's already devaluing. Yeah. There's nothing that you can own on this planet that will that will ultimately increase in value. It's always going to like it's going to collapse. Yeah. It's going to collapse at one point. Yeah. There's going to be a crash. Yeah. So, your opportunity that sets you up for eternity is to take your assets and transfer them into relationships. Wow. Because it's the relationship that carries on forward. Right. It's the right. relationships <clears throat> that will receive you when you um uh when the money ends. Yeah. So, um. I love people because God ha God loves people. Yeah. You know, so if I'm going to be in, if I'm going to work for God, I'm going to love what he loves and he loves people. Yeah. For God so loved Lambos? Nope. For God so loved Rolls Royce? Nope. For God so loved uh, real estate? Nope. Yeah. For God so loved, you know, Louis Vuitton? Nope. Yeah. For God so loved people. Yeah. So if you want to be an ambassador that works for God and has, works for the greatest reward ever, invest in people. Rest of people. That's what you do all day, every day. Yep. Rest of people. That's, that's my that's my calling in life is yeah. to invest in people. Yeah. And, um, you know, I get to have great experiences. Yeah. Um, have some nice toys and whatever. Yeah. But even those are nothing more than tools. Tools. Right. To make connections with people. Right. right. Ultimately. Right. If it's if it's <clears throat> not leading to a relationship. It does not need to be in my life. No point. Right. There's no point. Right. You know, so. Well, you are the uh, mentor's mentor, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's how I see you. So, I mean, I, I don't know if I ever, I mean, I know I've, I've like thanked you thanked you before, but, you know, it's, it's the amount of, of, of time and energy that you've put into 
everyone around you, especially in my life, has been has been a true blessing. Um, and even even through the tough times, the good times, I mean, it's been a true blessing just to have someone like you speaking to my life and really just being, being my life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I consider you one of my like my best friend because I mean that's how you show up with me, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I wanted to thank you for everything. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting everything that I'm creating because, yeah. you know, I, th- I think we need that good support system to be true, authentic creators, yeah. right? Um, so anything for us in closing the podcast? Man, I think I think what I just said, man, it's all about the, the people, man. Yeah. You know, um, having good people in your corner. Um, you know, just likewise, yeah. the... the, the if you feel as if I've been a, in contribution to you, the contribution yeah. has been felt right back at right. me, you know. So right. I stay close because um, uh, I feel the love, I feel yeah. the uh, the support, and the genuine, um, you know, y- you got to have people in your life that you know that um, <laughs> even if you're in the wrong, yeah. they'll go fight with yeah. you. You know, they'll go yeah. fight for you, right. you right. know, and yeah. turn tables over. And uh, then later on, get you in a room like yo you're wrong but yeah. we had we had your back so yeah. um you're one of those guys and and it's just about it's just people it's the relationships you know yeah because we can lose it all you know we can lose it all the, the right. economy can crash tomorrow right and what we're going to be left with it's going to be it's, it's, it's going to be us yeah. it's us at the end of the day so um as you're creating as you're trying to do stuff as you're trying to achieve success success is nothing if you get there by yourself right you know, take some people yeah. along the journey with you <clears throat> and uh, stay close to those people. Stay close to those that are, that are loyal. And and here's the thing about it. Um, expect the relationships to disappoint you. Hmm. Expect disappointments from the relationships because it gives you an opportunity to forgive and to grow stronger. Yeah. Um, if, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. You mm-hmm. know, um, our expectation in, in the relationship the relational side of, of being with people is that I'm gonna mess up yeah they're gonna mess up because we're all a mess, we're all a mess. you know as much as we're trying to get rich we're still ratchet, <laughs> <laughs> ratchet. we're still ratchet, ratchet so chicken <laughs> you know when I'm in my ratchet pull me in my rich yeah you know oh, wow yeah you know oh, pull wow. me back to, to to the rich I love it I love it so okay so how can we find you uh man Y'all know where I'm at. <laughs> at John Belima Instagram, Facebook, yeah. TikTok, uh, YouTube, okay. um, everywhere. Google, you know, All right, everywhere. Well, I'm ubiquitous. Thank you for coming to the podcast. Yeah. I appreciate you. It was a pleasure, bro. Thank you, man. All right.